This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you every single morning, Monday to Saturday, talking Arsenal, talking transfers. It's the Arsenal Transfer Show. I hope you're doing good and doing well today. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about. And of course, I hope you're doing good in the chat box. Thank you for joining us live and making this, of course, part of your morning routine. Good to see you all up early, ready to chat about Arsenal as per AFC West Mids. Good morning to you joining us first in the chat. Matt G, Dave Leonard. Good morning, guys. Jose. Good morning. Simon, Lars, Sean. Good morning. Good to see some new faces in here as well. Paul, Trevor, Answer, uh, Christopher, Rich. Good morning, guys. Hope you're all doing well. Um, Sean says, morning tall, uh, morning tall, morning all rather. TC, I woke up to the news on Twitter that we're signing Tillemans, Ozzyman, Jesus. How would you rate that as a window with maybe an Aaron Hickey thrown in there as well? I'd rate that as a very, very good window, but I'm not sure that is what's going to happen, Sean. We'll have to wait and see. Good morning to Nick. Uh, morning. It's a beautiful 3 a.m. Uh, Tuesday in Toronto, Canada. Thank you for so much for joining me very early for a very early morning show. It seems to be. Uh, Trevor says, Carl, I, I have been sat here since 6.30 with a coffee and still didn't make it in there first. Unbelievable. Speaking of which, we put a very, very important poll, maybe the most important poll of the series into the chat box today. It's ended now, um, but I want to know what is the best drink to watch the 8am show with. 40% of you are saying coffee, 35% is saying tea, 14% of you are saying juice, and a very strange 9% of you are saying something a little stronger. Although that might be our Western listeners, of course, getting in from their nights out. Even though a Monday night night out, that's brave. Fair play to you if that was you. But we have got a brand new poll going in the chat box, which you should be voting on already. The question is, would Gabriel Jesus and Nketiah plus a wide forward, such as a Gnabry or a Gakpo, uh, be enough for our front line as a signing kind of trio this summer? Nketiah, of course, being a signing with his new contract having run out this June. 65% of you have said yes. 35% of you, though, have said no. Uh, so it's still quite split. Uh, more leaning towards the yes and quite happy with that window. But uh, seemingly a lot of you are saying no. We'll revisit that poll. So make sure you are voting on that 
um, and uh, and getting your thoughts and theories into the poll. So we can have a look at it. Without further ado, though, let's go into the news. Make sure you're dropping a like on the video and subscribing to the channel if you haven't done so already. I'll be live at 10 a.m. as usual with Bailey over on the Arsenal way, doing our shows at 10 a.m. Oh, it's a little visit from Latte Firm. FK, thank you so much. Of course, it's got to be coffee for the mornings, but for me, I'm a juice man. I'm a juice man indeed. It's all about getting that Vitsy into your body. Uh, <laughs> let's move forwards to our first story, which is that, interestingly so, Kevin Betsy, who is the under-23s coach, done very well this season, come in, fantastic coach of the under-23s, took them from what was a relegation battle last season under Steve Bold into a Premier, Premier League, but a PL2 title fight this summer. Very impressive. However, he could yet move on, as Crawley Town are said to have even odds of securing Kevin Betsy to be their first head team coach for next season. I'm not surprised. He's done exceptionally well. It would make sense to see him move somewhere like that. I think that's the next step for him as a coach. It would suck to lose him because he's done fantastically well with the youth side. But, you know, as coaches do, you've got to take the next step in your career and it would be a good move for him. Now, Tomohiro, Tom, Takahiro Tomiyasu has been training alone with the Japanese uh, international side. His injury has not yet recovered. Arsenal actually wanted him to be kind of managed a little bit more carefully. He is training on his own, but he could go into action for their internationals if he is deemed fit enough, which is a frustration for Arsenal, considering you know they would want him more protected after the injuries he suffered. They want him to get a good rest ahead of next season. Doesn't look like that is going to happen. However, good news for Kieran Tierney. The Scottish international left-back is targeting to return ahead of pre-season. He wants to be back by at uh, the end of June, so he can start training and get involved with the pre-season game. So that's some really good news to know that we should have uh, Kieran Tierney back by the start of next season. Really positive news on that front. However, negatively again, going up and down this injury news right now, Ben White has pulled out of the England squad because of an injury. Obviously, he didn't play the last game of the season. He was injured for a lot of it, had some fitness issues. I'm not surprised to see him pull out. I don't know how serious it is. I wouldn't imagine it's too serious considering the fact that, you know, he's had these problems. I think he's just pulling out because it's the safe thing to do to make sure he's fully fit for the brand new season. Now, this story about Lucas Torreira is getting very, very interesting. Um, very interesting indeed, because what I would say about Lucas Torreira is I don't know kind of where he sits with our midfielders. And the reason why I'm talking about him in the sense of maybe him coming back is because Fiorentina have just 24 hours to activate that release clause that they have in the loan contract. If they don't, and there isn't really any indication that they are going to, he will return to Arsenal. Now, there are other teams interested in him. It was said that Roma are one of those sides that have an interest in Lucas Torreira. Juventus don't, despite some previous reports, but Roma certainly do. I would be interested to see where he fits because if they see him as a possible candidate to maybe come in and strengthen that midfield with the Europa League football next season, needing that stronger depth, I would be intrigued to see what he could bring to the team. But I would also be very open to the idea of, you know, bringing in some capital based upon selling him. It would depend how much we could get for him. But the fact that Fiorentina, despite selling Blaovic for a ridiculous fee, can't muster the 15 million euros across what was said to be something like six years is mad. So maybe he comes back. Maybe he gets involved with preseason. Maybe he reacclimatizes. I know he's had issues with, you know, the living situation in England, but maybe that will change. Let's wait and see, but uh, there's going to be a lot that's going to be happening or not happening in the summer, that's for sure. William Saliba. Um, I look at a player like him with 
bated breath because I would love to see him come into the club, of course. Um, but the recent happenings is the good word to use it at Marseille are not good because Marseille have had it confirmed that they will be able to make signings this summer. Their suspension of their transfer ban has been upheld after an appeal. So it will go through the appeal process, meaning that they can indeed sign players this summer, meaning they could if they wanted to sign William Saliba. Still, though, the financial side of this deal for them seems very, very difficult to complete indeed. I don't know where they're going to get 30-odd million euros, which is supposedly the asking price of Saliba. I don't know how... I still think that's low, to be honest. That's exactly what you know we paid for him. He's our player. As Dave says, I've just seen there in the chat box, it doesn't matter if they can if they can buy players. He's not going anywhere. I hope this is the case. There were also some reports yesterday suggesting that Arsenal are preparing to offer him a brand new contract. So we'll have to wait and see what indeed does happen. Fingers crossed this player, because he is a hell of a player, William Saliba, stays with Arsenal for next season. Um, fingers crossed that he does. Aaron Hickey, uh, you may have seen this story go quite quiet over the last couple of weeks or so since we first started seeing him linked to the club. However, these reports in Italy have resurfaced once again. Uh, Arsenal are said to be confident of getting this deal done. The price has risen slightly to around €25 million. Euros. We don't know how much or how long that period it would be paid off for. Um, most of the deals that we do are paid off over a number of years by players like Partey, whose release clause we had to activate. But 25 million euros, Aaron Hickey, still looking like a deal that Arsenal are favourites to get done this summer. We'll, of course, be bringing you a tactical breakdown on him very, very soon. So make sure you watch out for that on the channel. And uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting indeed to see if he turns out to be the, uh, the versatile fullback that we definitely need to be bringing in this summer transfer window. Now, a player that isn't going to be joining Arsenal in the summer seemingly is Paolo Dybala. As we talked about in yesterday's show, uh, when we did our um, our tier list, our transfer tier list of strikers, Dybala uh, was still someone I'd be very happy, like, happy to see join the club. But it looks like he's going to be moving to Inter Milan. Even the CEO, I think it was, Morota, came out saying that, you know, the expectation is they're very happy because they're expecting him to kind of, you know, be there next season. So Dybala is a no-go for Arsenal, it seems. The player that might not be a no-go, though, is Richarlison, um, who has now been linked to both Arsenal, Spurs and Chelsea. Uh, he's come out and said that the club effectively know what he wants. And we all know what that means when players say that. It's effectively saying that they want to move on to move to somewhere else. Richarlison being linked with the club, very, very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Maybe this is one that could change the perception of Richarlison if he was to move to a club like Arsenal. I've always been very hesitant about the idea of Richarlison coming to Arsenal because of his attitude, because of kind of that nature that he's got. But maybe it'll be motivation for him to do really well at Arsenal. He also does a really good job at scoring against Arsenal when he plays against us. So if he does move, I hope it's elsewhere. Or, you know, if we can bring him into the club, he won't be scoring against us. <laughs> but uh, it's a very interesting one. I agree with Nicholas. I don't believe that Arteta would bring in someone like Richarlison. Um, but, you know, stranger things have indeed happened in the past. So who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, now, a player that could move to the club is continually linked with Arsenal is PSV's wide forward Cody Gakpo. 
the uh, Dutch international, is said now, according to PSV, to have his future decided by August. We'll have to wait until August until this becomes clearer. He's, of course, going to be away uh, in the early part of preseason, and then we'll see if any bids come in for the player. He's looking to you know, assess his options. He doesn't think that staying at PSV is the worst idea either. He's happy to remain at PSV for another season, but he's also looking at the options that are available to him. We'll have to wait on this one as well, but uh, these links to Arsenal not going anywhere at this stage. Now, our final two headline stories of the day uh, come out as David Ornstein reported and replied to Semperfy Arsenal, who you should definitely be following on Twitter if you aren't already. Great character. Certainly someone to worth following for your Twitter spaces as well. But he asked David Ornstein in his latest athletic piece whether or not Arsenal signing Nketiah to a new deal would stop them from bringing in two strikers on top of the young England and possibly Ghanaian in the future forward. Um, and he basically turned around and said that the priority is to sign Nketiah to a brand new deal and to sign Gabriel Jesus from Manchester City, effectively ruling out the opportunity for Arsenal to bring in a third striker on top of Nketiah and Jesus. That said, it didn't rule out the idea of a wide forward also being brought into the club and we're being linked with a significant number of wide forwards like Gakpo, like Gnabry, like Moussa Diaby. You know, we're being linked to a number of these types of players. We've been linked to Noah Lang and Marco Asensio, of course, in the past too. It's very clear that Arsenal have an interest in a wide forward as well as these kind of strikers that we're also being linked to. Um, I expect this is probably going to be the reality is that Jesus and Ketia will be the two strikers for Arsenal next season, along with a wide forward that I'm very hopeful of Arsenal bringing in. I hope it's Gnabry. He would, of course, be my first pick amongst all of them. But we'll have to wait and see if that does turn out to be the case. And that leads into the poll that I put in at the start of today's show. Uh, the question was, would Gabriel Jesus and Nketia, plus a wide forward such as Gnabry or Gakpo, be enough for our front line next season. Still leaning on the side of yes, 66% of you saying yes, 34% of you saying no. And it's mad because there's 358 votes on our poll and just 83 likes on the video. If you haven't already, please do drop a like on the video. It takes you just a second and it really, really does help us out. So please make sure you've clicked that thumbs up button below the video because it really is a big help to us. That completes today's stories, which means we're going to move into the chat box and go through plenty of your questions. So if you have indeed got any of your questions you'd like to throw into the chat box for us to tackle in the last 15 minutes or so of the show, get them in now and we'll tackle them after this short break. Okay then, let's see where we are at. Um, let's go to a certain Clive Palmer who has, if you have a look on the screen, one of the best profile pictures you'll see out there if you've not watched the poorly drawn Arsenal season review go and watch it it's very very good in fact I should be able to get a link to that in the description uh it is so funny with uh, Clive and Elliot and Art and of course Andrew from Art's blog too if you haven't gone and watched poorly drawn Arsenal's video it's very very good the videos are excellently made and drawn uh, well actually no they're really poorly drawn because that's what they are um, so if you haven't already checked that out, I'll leave a link to that uh, in the chat box. Make sure you go and check it out because it's very, very funny. Um, but Clive says, any news or thoughts on Nahuel Molina? He looks very interesting. They've gone quite quiet, Clive, to be honest. You know, we were linked very heavily with him at the start of the window. Uh, it possibly could be because there are other clubs that are much more 
intent on signing him like Atletico Madrid. They're very, very interested in signing Molina. They've actually supposedly put him as their primary target for the window. Uh, he would be getting a lot more game time, of course. Marcus Llorente, you would think, be moving back into the midfield. Um, and Molina would take that right back spot with Trippier already left for uh, Newcastle in January. So I would be surprised if Molina becomes a reality for Arsenal. I think he'll probably end up going somewhere like uh, Atletico Madrid next season instead. Uh, Simon says, do you think Arsenal will get uh, their transfer business done early or leave it to the last minute? I think we'll get the bulk of it done early. I think the main signings that we'll make, we'll probably make before pre-season. I'm hoping of that. But, you know, people are saying that we're being slow already. It's, you know, it's, June, it's not even June yet. It's June tomorrow. I think we should get the bulk of it done before pre-season because we've got this international period, which always slows stuff down anyway, because team players like Gabriel Jesus are waiting until the end of the international period, uh, which ends in a couple of weeks' time. There's still two more weeks of international football before moves start to happen for these big kind of players that are away with their international sides. So it will be... I think start of July, mid-July, when we see the bulk of our business start getting done. If it is that we are at the start of August and we've not done the bulk of our business, I'll be very disappointed because we need to make sure that we get it done. Guna72, thank you so much for becoming a member. Really appreciate the support to the channel. Um, thank you so much. So please welcome him into the group. It would be much appreciated. Simon says, do you think... Oh, sorry, we've done that one. Dave says, why aren't we now linked with a taller Plan B striking option? That's absolutely vital in my view. Uh, Dave, I talked about this yesterday. I actually wrote a piece on this yesterday on football.london. Link in the description as always. Basically about the idea that a clone striker isn't the worst thing in the world. Because if you bring in a striker that's, you know, a clone of the same style as uh, Eddie and Ketia, what it means is, is that you don't have to necessarily change your system dramatically when you play them. I'll leave a link to that piece uh, in the chat box if you want to give that a read. But it's the idea that if you interchange, if you change out Ketia, bring in Jesus, take out Jesus, bring in Ketia, nothing's really changing. You don't have to overhaul the style, overhaul the structure, overhaul the tactics. You're taking out one player and bringing in another. I get the idea of wanting, you know, that aerial presence and aerial threat that we've needed in the forward line. I agree that would have been something that I would have liked to see, especially maybe from a plan B perspective, just someone that you can maybe bring off the bench in the last 10 minutes of games. But I don't think that's the way that we're going. And I do see the theory behind why they're not doing it, even though I think that maybe signing a young or a very experienced style player to bring off the bench in those situations could be beneficial to the team. Um, Mahamdim says the prospect of Spurs lining up with Son, uh, Kane and Lataro is scary. That's a 60 goal front three to compete. Would you forego strengthening some positions and allocate most of the budget to better forwards? I mean, Lataro, Son and Kane, how that fits into a front three, I'm not really sure. Lataro has played mainly as, you know, as a striking option. I suppose you could play him in a wide position or maybe you even drop Kane in behind the two of them and playing, you know, Kane in kind of a second striker to Lataro and Son more centrally. You could do that because he's so good at creating goals. But, uh, you know, you say it's a 60-goal front three. Often what happens is when you add another player into a team that scored tons of goals is actually it takes goals away from the others because they start creating. So I don't necessarily think it guarantees you 20-20-20 goals across the three of them. Um, but it will bring you more goals and it will bring you more quality. The prospect is scary. Um, we'll see. I don't think we need to think about how other teams are working in their transfer window in terms of who they're bringing in to affect ours. We've got our plan. We know what we want to do. We need to make sure we execute that plan 
to the best of our abilities and get our main priority targets. Uh, Vishal says, don't think that's great business. We should add Jesus in a versatile option and go for two centre forwards. We need a 20-goal striker from this window. My pick is Ozimen. What are your thoughts? Ozimen is going to cost you a ridiculous fee. You're looking upwards of 90 million quid to get him into the team. That's the problem with signing him is that it's just so expensive. Um, let's scroll down a bit more into the chat. Uh, Ashwin says, Tom, if not Ganabri, then who else can we target for a wide forward on the right side? Gakpo would be our third right-footed player and a left winger behind Martinelli and Smith Rowe. I suppose the other one that you look to is Musa Diaby. Uh, you know, he's, he's played on the right-hand side. He's played on the left-hand side for Bayer Leverkusen. He's played on both flanks. He can play that role very, very well. The other one I like a lot who can play on the right, can play in the middle, is Pedro Gonçalves from Sporting Lisbon. So there are options out there, but I like Cody Gakpo. I also think that Martinelli can play on the right-hand side. We've seen how good he is with his left foot at cutting the ball back. On his stronger right foot, I think there's maybe something that's a little bit untapped about Martinelli on the right-hand side that I don't think is the worst thing in the world if you wanted to play him. If you remember that goal we scored against Newcastle, Tommy Asu ball over the top to Martinelli on that right flank, scored. I think he can play on that right-hand side. So there is options for us, that's for sure. Uh, Marcus says, indeed, 360 goals. Look at the basketball teams who are three superstars. It doesn't mean they all score 30-plus points. It is usually what happens. Like It's not a case of you add 20-goal striker to a team, they score 20 goals because it just drops. It, it, naturally, it just drops. Um, Guy says, by that logic, City won't score 99 goals in the league again next season. They might. No, it's not about the total of goals being scored by a team. It's just how those goals are shared around. Um, it's not the same logic, guy. Uh, Manu says, have you checked out Lille this season? I was a big fan of Jonathan David, but my attention was drawn towards Onana. Uh, he looks like a Partey-Pogba hybrid. Is that the Belgian international that's made the squad over Sambi Lukonga? I've not seen much of him. I know he's been called up to the Belgian national side, but it's interesting, Manu, maybe one to keep an eye on. Jeremy says, we need a UCL quality 6-8 hybrid in the squad to cover for Partey. We might regret missing out on Grilich and Camera for free. Elneny is okay, but not the quality we need. Decore from Lons uh, is very interesting indeed. Um, it's a fair point, Jeremy. Uh, Callum says, would you keep Hector or Maitland-Niles as a fullback backup for a year of uh, if it meant spending more on a striker? Um, no, I don't think so. I would like to see us go for an Aaron Hickey this summer while they're available. I think Hickey is a fantastic talent from what I've seen of him. And the more I've seen of him doing the uh, building up to the tactical breakdown that we're going to be doing uh, very, very soon. I would rather move for him. I think there are strikers out there that you don't necessarily have to save the money that you'd spend on Hickey to go for them, that we can still improve our forward line in the summer. Uh, let's go to Dave says, if we have Eddie and Jesus, whilst they are different, one poacher, another wide forward, a taller striker would give us more of a threat in the box for our much improved set pieces. It's a very good point, Dave. I'm not going to disagree that an aerial presence is going to give us a lot more than, you know, what just two poachers uh, would bring to the team. That said, I still stand by the point that having strikers of a similar nature when you only play with one striker across multiple competitions allows you to maintain consistency in form and style that you might have to tweak and change if you're interchanging between one style of forward and another. It's why Manchester City are so successful across multiple competitions throughout the season most of the time because they don't really change the way they play and the interchange between the players they have in those different positions. So I, I think it's certainly something to consider and think about. Liverpool have done it for a long time. City, as I say, have done it for a long time. Haaland coming in for City next season. 
It's interesting to see how that plays out because I think you might see something similar to what we saw with Ronaldo and Manchester United, where the focus goes so much onto that one player that goals from players like Rashford and previously Greenwood, of course, kind of drop uh, and the goal tallies of those players fall because the focus remains on that central figure of Ronaldo. I expect next season that probably will happen with someone like Haaland. Players like Mares, Foden, Grealish may not get as many goals next season because the focus will be on bringing Haaland into the game and supplying him with the opportunities to score. I might be wrong, but it's just what we have seen of, of previous teams like this Manchester United-Ronaldo team. Um, it might then happen with Haaland, who isn't, you know, I don't look at Haaland as the biggest creator. I mean, I might be wrong, but for me, he's always had his main eye for goal. And I, similar to Ronaldo, I don't expect him to be someone that, you know, massively will bring, you know... That maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I know he got a fair amount of assists to be fair to him last season, but I just think that it still will be him being the main focal point for Man City and the goals of the other players around him will probably drop. Uh, let's go to Mud, who says, would Skamaka leave Italy uh, if uh, he would be a quality plan B option, not just a big man, but a quite technical uh, a quality technical player uh, as well. I agree. I think that Skamaka's got plenty of quality about him. I know Clive's a big fan of him as well. Um, I think that Skamaka is going to be difficult to convince to leave Italy when there are other teams in Italy that are looking at him. But if you can sign him, I think he's an accessible fee player. And I think you're only looking at 30 to 40 million pounds if you can to bring him in, not the 90 odd million that you cost to bring in Ozymen, even though he scored a similar amount of goals as him last season. Played more games, sure. But, you know, I think he's a good option. But as I pointed out earlier, it would change the way that you play um, when you're changing between strikers. If we are to go for a plan B, I would kind of want to see us look now to someone that maybe is a little more experienced, that would be willing to be on the bench more so than, than other times. I couldn't give you a name off the top of my head, to be honest, that you could go and get this like that. Who was the Genk striker? On, was it Onuachu? Uh, Paul Onuachu? Um 28 years of age, Genk striker. Um, we were linked to him in the past. He's kind of that profile that I'd look to. He scored 19 goals in you know the Pro League last season. Manu, who's in the chat box, our Belgian correspondent, maybe you can give me some thoughts on whether or not that's a good idea to bring him in as kind of a, a plan B style option for us next season. Would he work as an option? He's the one that came to my mind. So maybe someone like him is the person that we should go for. And yes, joining us on Twix, uh, Twix, uh, Twitch, King says, sounds like Olivier Giroud. Yes, certainly. We need Olivier. I'd love to see Olivier Giroud come into the team as well. That'd be great. <laughs> just the irony of that going in. But I mean, he's just he's just too old now at this point. But it's that profile. You know, Origi's going off to um, AC Milan. So Schrodinger, we're not going to be bringing him in to the team anytime soon. Uh, Mysterious Billionaire says, Hi Tom, what are your views on rumours of Charlie Petito, Amari Hutchinson and Miguel Aziz, all three being promoted to the first team? Can any of them be a regular? Not yet, no, I don't expect them to be regulars, but I do expect them to get more minutes. We've got five subs, if you remember, next season to make in the Premier League. So there's no reason in games that we're winning quite comfortably that we can't bring them on. Europa League group stages, Carabao Cup early rounds, FA Cup early rounds, you know. To be fair, what often happens in these types of moves is that you see them play in the first six months in the Cup. And then in the January transfer window, often we see players go out on loan. We saw that following Balogun, of course, last season. Maybe we'll see that with some of these players this season. Um, let's scroll up a little bit more. Uh, Mac says, Tom, with all these additions, won't we let our academy diamonds in the rough slip through our hands? We have amazing academy players like Marcelo, Marcelo 
Uh, oh, Flores. I was thinking <laughs> the Brazilian left back. No, Flores, uh, Amari Hutchinson, Miguel Aziz and Charlie Patino, like we have in the past. Look, the honest answer is, is that it's very, very rare, very rare indeed that more than, say, one a season, if that, gets through the youth ranks and into the first team. It's just not something that happens all that often. If you consider and you look back, you know, Bakai Saka, Millsmith, Rory, those two, very, very rare. You get two players come through of a quality like that that can make it in the first team. You keep going back, you think of Alex Awobi, of course, and ended up not really getting anywhere, but did get us a lot of money in the transfer window. Joe Willock, of course, prior to that too. Eddie Nketiah, maybe his breakout, proper breakout, will be next season when he turns 22-23 going on now. But of course, maybe next season is the main one for him to show what he's capable of. It's rare that you see the Highlanders breakthrough every season. We've been very fortunate with the players that have been coming through of late. I don't think it's something that we need to consider with all players about how it affects our transfer business. Someone like Charlie Patino, sure. You know, he looks like a generational talent. Someone like Britt Norton Cuffey, so I'm a little bit more on the back of the idea of a versatile fullback who's mainly a left-back like Hickey so that we don't block the pathway of Britt Norton Cuffey because I really think there's a player there that could be a future right-back for us. It's tough. It's really tough. Nelson, Kevin, really, you know, great suggestion there. Nelson coming back in the summer. Will he sign a new contract? Will he move on? He's done really well in the end of his spell with Feyenoord. Maybe we'll see him return to Arsenal, a different player. He's. I loved his interview he did recently where he talked about how he admitted that he didn't really care. You know, he was eating what he wanted. He was training. Uh, I don't know if he was turning late for training, but, you know, it just wasn't a main focus of his. You know, he was just doing silly things. He was doing what he wanted. And now he's really focused on trying to get his career back on the right path. And maybe that's what we need to see done with, with, with him for Arsenal. And maybe that means we'll see a different player. We'll have to wait and see indeed. Um, R. Hood says, uh, do you think we'll finally learn our lesson and get the most of our main business done? Uh, I'm hopeful. I couldn't tell you for certain, but I'm very hopeful indeed. Uh, Ahmed says, is it possible to ask them to get both Basuma and Tielemans? It's possible, but I don't think it will happen. I think it will be Tielemans. Marcus says, who do you think definitely going and what do we think uh, we'll get for each? Didn't Leno quash the leaving rumours yesterday? No, Leno didn't quash the rumours yesterday. You know, uh, I felt a little bit sorry for Connor, uh, who put the tweet out initially, because obviously he was quoting a secondary source um, with that tweet. Um, in you know, Charles Watts' video on his channel, he said that he'd effectively said his goodbyes. I don't actually doubt that information, to be honest. I think Charles is probably kind of right about that. I think that the the issue Burnt Leno had with the tweet was that kind of it was coming out that it was kind of done he's done he's moving on elsewhere and maybe he took issue with that i burnt leno in my view will move on from arsenal this summer i don't think he has any interest of playing second fiddle to matt turner and aaron well, third fiddle to matt turner and aaron ramsdale i don't think he would the issue with that with the burnt leno is the price who's going to pay the 10 million euros that arsenal want for burnt leno i don't know Benfica want him, but they're not willing to pay 8.5 million euros uh, 8.5 ish million pounds to get him it's it's a tricky one. Um, but I did feel a little bit sorry for Connor um, getting called out by Leno because he was only tweeting information and quoted a different source as well. Uh, Wes says, are you worried that we will go into the new season and not add to our midfield, taking into consideration that work event Partey is so injury prone? I mean, work. I just realised we're completely over my head. Work event, love that. Um Am I worried that we'll go and not add into the midfield? I'm not worried yet because it's, you know, it's May. <laughs> if we get to the end of June and we've not signed a central midfielder, that's when I'd start to get a bit worried. Um, 
to be honest, I'd be getting worried about a lot of positions if we'd not really made signings at the end of the June. And I don't count Turner and Marquinhos in that. You know, they're really good signings to make for the squad and for the team. But I just, I'd want to see us have the bulk of our business done by the end of June, ideally. That's what I would like to see. I know the window doesn't really open officially until the start of July in a lot, in I think in the continent. But certainly by the start of June, we should be making these signings. You look at Aston Villa, you can make signings even when the window's not open. You just don't register them until that date. So we'll wait and see. But we need to get our, the bulk of our business done, in my opinion, by the end of June. I'm hoping that it is. Let's see if it indeed does get done. Because if you remember that quote from Edu, you know, he talked about how they had a plan. They were ready to execute that plan. You know, you can't say stuff like that and then it just stretch out across the window. You, you need to be forthright. You need to be headstrong in those views. We'll wait and see. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. You've had your half an hour this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, it's been a pleasure. There'll be another show for you this afternoon, this evening. Do go back and watch our transfer tier list of strikers from yesterday. We ranked all of the strikers that have been linked to Arsenal so far um, in our tier list of different categories. It was great, really engaging show with the chat box. And I want you guys, if you weren't live, to watch it with us to leave your thoughts in the comment section. Drop a like on today's video as well. Uh, if you are tuning in, you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel if you are new here as well. There's over 900 of you watching. It'd be great if we could start getting over a thousand of you tuning in for these 8am shows. It would be absolutely fantastic to get that kind of crowd joining us. But thank you for joining us. It's really appreciated. Uh, I will see you a little bit later on today and this morning, of course, over on the Arsenal Way, live 10am. So do indeed join us. See you soon. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.